Hi guys, so we are doing a continuation from the previous episode where we were talking about invisible designs, how to document the design, how to share the designs between uh, your team members and about halfway through we sort of segued into talking about uh, uh, developer onboarding and training. So we are going to continue the original discussion today. Anjana? Yes, I think that's... Uh that's exactly what I was trying to summarize. So you got it right. Uh, the <clears throat> we'll, today we'll try to stick to uh, the developer, uh, the technical design, and the, how to make it more uh, available and how to make it uh, more practical based on the project that you are in. So let's get started. Yeah. Shall I recap some of the things that I remember that you mentioned? Yes. Let's do. Okay. It. Okay. So the first thing was that you did mention that uh, the thing that I did as an intern, which is using the database as a requirement is a bad idea, building up from the database. Nowadays, we seem to be building down from the user interface and the user requirements. Um, next, you mentioned about architecture documentation, which is um, level zero, which is boxes representing the different components of processes in the system. Level one is some level of implementation in each box, like what technologies are being used. Yes. Right. Technology, the bit of functionality, uh, you know, where it's bit of a technical uh, design. Yes. And then after yeah. that, we wanted to go to what is the next level. Uh, and in the next level, we were talking about various things. And th I think where the segue happened was, I mentioned that we at different are sort of trying out the uh, open source-like model where in the GitHub repo, the readme tells you how to install it, run the component, the dependencies, uh, basic a few basic things, and a very short developer guideline on how to, where in the code base, where things are. Um, and the rest of it is actually in the, the module files themselves as comments. Uh, I think that is where we stopped. Uh, we didn't actually get into how to document the design decisions as time goes by. Uh, did I miss anything, Anjana? I think uh, that's pretty much it. Let's, uh, I think we didn't go to details of L2. Maybe we start from there and then go into uh, how to make it a more of a living document, the challenges you face. And also uh, there was a comment from last time to talk about project versus product and the type of documentation, uh, the type of designs required in a, in a situation where when you take up a client project as opposed to when you are building a product for yourself. Mm -hmm. I think our experience has been uh, in mixed domains. So early stages uh, when I was working for Virtuza, where it was all project. You get a, a requirement and certain things get inherited from the client and then we work from that. And whereas when we uh, talk about a product company like our Cisco experience, where we only had uh, time and budget Aside, right? Everything else is something we can, uh, we have the freedom to pick. And the other thing is sometimes when the project is done, you move on somewhere else and some other maintenance team picks it up. So you are not even incentivized to 
maintain the things <laughs> right so uh, from a structural point of view let's uh, talk about how when when to think of documentation designs uh, design documentation and also we'll talk about some of the best practices and some of the things that you should not do uh so shall we start with the l2 my opinion on l2 the level 2 design and the type of documentation and then maybe you add yours hmm i was wondering actually let's start okay let's are we going like that or uh no why don't you start if, if i have a thought i'll tell you yeah yeah right uh, so l2 in my opinion is where your archi- uh, the architects or the the syst- overall system designer has decided what the system going to look like the technology is at a certain level is solidified uh now you as a lead you as a module lead or you as a senior engineer approaching your <coughs> thoughts before you start uh, writing code or before you start putting your development hat on you need to document something so that it gives you clarity as to what i what you are trying to do what's the scope and what is more important what we call architecturally significant use cases you know how do you how do you get that documented and why you should do that so <clears throat> the the uh, why you should that do that is the easiest question to answer because you might not be the only developer in the group there will be other people and your idea needs to get conveyed so having a having a documentation a diagram a guideline helps so that that's easy but the best practice or rather rather what's more practical because you don't want to spend couple of weeks uh, documenting your design rather you want to way of write it down and then build it then come back you know to keep you also engaged in the whole process uh so that's that's where i think the, the next po- point is for me to ask question uh, has class diagrams helped you right because as a as a module lead as a tech lead that's one of the one of the ways of you know putting your ideas down before you go and write your classes what are your thoughts on that right so you are talking about the level below two level 2 right Le- level 1 right yes um okay so that is where that even the level 1 and level 0 my experience in product development right now at different is very different no pun intended <laughs> so uh the way we work is like this uh, especially we don't have clients it's a purely product company like uh, like uber so what we do is we have a small living document like in a draw.io diagram what the boxes are and the connections between them it takes like literally like 1 minute to add the new box and a new line so we keep that maintained um the documentation is kind of like this i'll give you an example uh, let's say we need a new api for some reason and uh, one of the decisions is 
what do we write the back end in um, right for those of you who are joining in we are continuing our discussion and uh, anjana elaborated a little bit on uh, l0 and l1 architecture diagrams and i'm just giving a example from the world of my company which operates a little bit differently from a consulting organization it's a product company so let's say we have to add a new api complete a new api and i'm the person who is doing the designs um here's how we will usually work we haven't added the new component in a while i'm just saying hypothetically uh, we decide what is the technology we are going to use for for this api in the back end and answer is javascript main reason is our team already knows javascript and it's our standard language in the company and that would be one bullet point in a sort of like a decision we chose javascript because it's our company policy we are using it everybody knows it our build pipelines are optimized for nodejs and we do that um the next question is uh, what type of an api it is is it a rest api is it a web socket is it um, graphql and the decision there is uh, and i'm just making it up as i go along based on my understanding of the current system it's going to be a rest api because we already have a graphql api above that so we shouldn't have graphql api is calling graphql api this is more like a microservice so we'll pick something very simple optimized that gives you an exact set of data very quickly so we don't want lots of unnecessary data coming through resolvers so this one is going to be a rest api and that also i write down as a bullet point we chose to go for a rest api because we already have a graphql layer above it and this needs to work super fast so we need to write sql queries or mongodb queries that run really fast not in a generic way um like that we will go on then we'll somebody will ask uh, why did we choose uh, what is the framework we chose i will say chose express because we have a lot of experience in that and even though there are better ones this is stable and this needs to go into production <coughs> in one month and we don't want to take any risks uh, and there will be a bulleted log of things like with a date anjana so if somebody oh, comes okay, so it's like a journal huh? It's, it's like a, a journal. It's a different. That's why I said it's like a between a time series and a snapshot. So rather than keeping a snapshot of the current state up to date, you just have a journal, and somebody when somebody reads the journal through, in his head you can build what the what the original uh, original designers thought through, and you can build <coughs> the current state. Well, well, it's actually I I uh, I will not uh, deviate a lot, but it's a point to add to this. Now the. the most popular books in the world the actually it happens to be the the books written about religion uh so i was reading an article i haven't read all the religious books in the world my confession but uh what they say is most popular most uh, popular religious books in the world are written in a form of a log uh so the bible quran apparently they all have maybe someone to confirm that they all uh things are written as and when it happens so someone who's reading they start with uh like a one easy point to digest and then as and when you go deep down you see the connectivity of things the reason those decisions are been made and it it gives you a better picture <coughs> as and when you read more stuff so uh, they there was a there was even articles saying you know most of the education documents and you know things should be written as a journal like scientists have a journal right they write what was my experience today 
what sorry what was my experiment today the results this that you know that the journal is a much better way of uh, documenting thing and even it's easy for people to digest that then you present in the abstract or the final uh, results i so think it's the probably a very good idea it is it is but the trade off is time so if you are in a rush a journal like a storytelling a narrative is not something that you want to be going through from day one of inception of the project to now if you want to quickly look up okay where is the connection between this and this then you need a snapshot but if you want to really understand i think the best thing is that kind of a log decision log yes a journal point of view yes i think other sciences already already adapted that uh, whereas you know maybe uh, software been relatively new industry we we are still struggling with it whether to do this or a snapshot but what what we are saying is a snapshot view which is more of a diagram which is consolidated plus a journal of your design decisions why that decision why that technical decision was made your technical decision get translated into technical design eventually and you have that log maybe you can also search that right that if it if yeah, it's yeah. the documented in a you know searchable fashion it's uh, searchable as well yeah so right so now like, like I, why do i need sorry sorry i was saying that uh, no no right now because in the early days at different we didn't maintain something like this right now we have a few decisions nobody knows like there was something in a so there was a mongo collection that's being used to maintain events and we are looking up one or two fields related to certain business features from those event logs nobody knows why did we choose to put this in Mongo, uh, mongodb not in a file because it's events or why are we storing this business data inside some of the objects nobody knows and we can't even remove them because it's a huge project that right, one line that, yeah, that one line saying we chose to do it as a separate event collection inside uh, mongodb because of x that's all you needed that's actually very good because uh, in a in, in i have seen in certain cases where you still maintain certain components of your project simply because that component was a part of the bootstrap and you have no clue like i have seen uh, some of the projects like especially java projects you have lot of lot of lot of components which are running right these are not just libraries running but you are not consuming them simply because when you take a template of a project when you copy a project from another project and start working on it all those inherited component services they run even in production and they consume electricity to cpu to ram and everything and you don't you don't you never use it and also you don't know whether to take it out or not because there's no no decisions documentation no nothing mm. on the journal part but that is the, the format of your journal uh, so we only have it in bits and pieces everywhere right now anjana it's not we are we are trying to formalize it it's nothing if if the decision was entirely up to me it will be nothing more than a list of just bullet points with sentences you can uh, preferably kept inside the repository itself in the readme nothing else okay so you are thinking nothing else okay 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 <coughs> i would i would use a uh wiki with pages and links and try to make it little complicated but also to keep things organized so uh, for me now okay this is this is something 
critical right you need to let's say you 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 are deciding something new today you are you are deciding to remove your uh, cache and replace it with a key value pair database something like redis mm-hmm. now when you you decided that right you you are decided in your head you probably have a good story behind it but that the 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 context that you have in your head shouldn't you dump that as well the reason for this xyz like a pattern i as a as a system designer as a module lead as a lead i want to replace this by this x by y for the following reasons shouldn't that also be part of the documentation so that people who reads it they understand what what was going on in my head uh, i thought that's the what i said as well so that is one of those bullet points i was talking about isn't it oh okay so okay Okay, got it. Got I'm, it. I'm, I, so I on this day, on this day, the notice. Okay, decided to replace our internal in-memory cache with a Redis because X, Y, and Z. That's it. Okay, so it's 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 much clearer and it's very simple for anyone to figure it out. Why why did these guys decided to go with uh, Redis or or a key-value pair instead of a proper cache? I think caching is all always key-value, right? I think it's uh, um, maybe Redis. There, there yeah, are other things. Yeah, because every cache yeah. I have used a key value. Yes, yes. Okay. So, <laughs> decided to replace technology A from B, and pop bullet point. Cool. And uh, shall we talk about the snapshot a little bit? So, which is which we are saying not to discard that whole idea of a consolidated diagram. Uh, have the diagram along with the with the journal. Yes. uh do you want to in the meantime like uh, since it's saturday do you want to get a few people's questions and ideas in the middle yes that's good otherwise it's just two old guys talking yes 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 everybody who wants to speak i will open up and i will just add a few people from the previous discussion as well if you feel like speaking just accept otherwise feel free to ignore Hi Hasita, hi Anjana. Hi Isuru. Tell us. So I think you are uh, from a mobile background, right? Yeah. So one thing that I noticed uh, uh, while while talking with uh, um uh what's his name? I Ashan. Ashan last time was the way mobile developers think about design and architecture is a little bit different from back end. So tell us tell us a little bit about your side then. Um I uh Yeah, I guess we we think about uh, our system design in a more uh, how do I say this uh, in a more uh, uh, not very general terms. It's very we are we are in a uh, we are in a bit of a restricted uh, ecosystem. So uh, it's uh, I mean I haven't uh, done like. Uh, very high uh, like uh, complicated uh, system designing because most of that i have worked uh, for like pretty simple ones mm-hmm. uh, but the uh, furthest i have gone is like uh, creating user flows and uh, uh, er diagrams and uh, uh, stuff like that um, so maybe i'm not the uh, person to uh, talk about uh, system designing <laughs> No But problem. No problem. A, a quick question from uh, Hasita and uh, Anjana. Yes. Uh, I recently, uh, actually this week, I came across uh, this uh, uh, thing called uh, the C4 model. Uh, have you guys heard about it? 
I read yeah, an article a, about uh, C4 that, like yeah. a few months ago. It looked interesting, okay. but I can't remember now. Okay, it's it's kind of it, uh, what they are saying is it's a uh, uh, software architecture visualization uh, model. So there, uh, there's a site called C4model.com. Uh, even I haven't uh, gone through it or, or everything. Uh, there's a quite a bit to learn. I just wanted to know if you guys have uh, seen it or used it or any of your thoughts. It's okay. Thanks. Anjana, have you heard of that? Let me first Google this. Let me see what are they talking about. In the meantime, uh, Eranga, Kulenda... I haven't haven't worked on that. I just want to search it up and say, oh, okay, context container components code. So that's actually the the L L model that we talked about. Hmm. We don't call it uh, C. Uh, we call it L zero, L one, L two, uh, and these guys even have a L four, which is code level, which is basically the the levels that I talked about. Like uh, uh, but uh, someone has put a proper name around it and document it. Uh, so here, level one, the what we call level zero, they call it level one as the context. Level two is the containers. Level three is components. So in our case, we only have those three levels, and level four, which is the code level, we don't document it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So C four is very similar to what we talked about. Yeah, I think uh, I watched this uh, video of the guy who like uh, invented uh, uh, it, uh, and even he uh, was saying like the. No, no need to go to the code level like you don't have to uh, you know create diagrams and everything for the entire system it's uh, uh, they, they only focus on the first like the higher level uh, three of the uh, first three levels no okay yeah, so yeah. yeah yeah it's good to see someone has put a model around it i just learned this while i was working uh, with most of the us clients that's how they sort of divide the whole thing into multi layer Cool. So probably this is more reading for me. Okay. Uh, we also have Eranga and Kulendra. Any thoughts, guys? Can I have one? Yeah. Can I have one? Hi. Uh, so like, uh, I heard like uh, Astor was talking about the recording decisions. So that's actually like a, a formal way of like uh, documenting decisions called like architecture decision records. So we are like uh, what you like what problem that you are facing that. Like you are making decisions, like the context, and then like what is the like decision that you are taking, and what will like what are the things that will be easy after doing that change, and what are the things that will be like difficult after like uh, you make this change, and there's like a like there are set of like tools that you can like integrate into your like repository, like so that like these are like readme files, but they are like organized in a more like a, a structured way. Into your like repository, so that like uh, the, all the decisions are like in the same repository. Like we do use it like so that like say if you, like making a change and like with the code like you also like uh, create like uh, add the file and make like a pull request or something like that. So that like everything is like in a one uh, bunch of like a change set, so that uh, you can like uh, have it in the repository itself. And about that uh, C4 module thing. So, like, there's another, like, uh, there's uh, some additional tools called like C4 diagramming. It's like using the code, like plant 
plant you remember something i can't like exactly remember that but then you can like like uh, uh, make those over all those sepo diagrams using the code itself like uh, there's a like a you uh, there's a like a reverse engineering tool no 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 it's a text tool like it's a it's a te text like diagrams. yeah plant uml yeah. you okay. can write uh, write in textual format like you can write a write a node like a with a uh, like a unicode arrow like a normal dash dash arrow oh okay 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 and it just draws a diagram text to diagram yes text yeah, to diagram yeah, yeah. i yeah. use uh, on uh, web sequence diagram.com or open sequence diagram.com very easy to have uh, team meetings like when you have a team meeting when you have to explain you know who what calls what what depends on what you can just open it up and uh, hmm. you define actor let's say actor a arrow b the message and it draws online yeah yeah okay so part uml is a, a product of that nature which is probably mature eranga you can you tell us have you used that tool for architecture edition log what what's the name of that tool yeah uh, the pattern is like adr so it's like a general format so there are like the uh, online tools that you can like integrate them make it like you know, kind of like useful like create them easily so that like you have like the what's the name of the tool aranga sorry disturb a b r architecture decision records so it's ah, like a architecture just a, decision record okay yeah yeah aranga like, can you do us a favor like can you um, yeah. now right now we don't have a forum per se what we have is a linkedin group uh, yeah. after this call once we publish the recording of this uh, chat can you just put that as a message so that everybody can learn same with the c4 and whatever yes. tools and techniques that we learn if there are web links just post it there so that everybody can learn sure sure um so have you used uh, adr in a project yeah so we are using that one so it's like right so after some time so we forget the reasons and so that like we can revisit them later on Like get the idea and for others to like communicate the decisions also. So it's easy. Like so, you can like create a PR just like proposing a new change so that others can review it and then it's like in a proposed way. And then after that, you can go to like accepted state like that. So nice, nice. Can make it more formal. Can I yeah, ask where I you are working right now? A... So currently, like I'm working on in Iron company called Iron One. Oh, Iron One. Uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, familiar with it. Uh, and uh, how long have you been using that? I'm just asking because I want to see, like, practically how 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 it is, so we can even maybe we can adopt it. It's it's like around like six months, yeah, really. Uh, and and everybody is consistently using it. Uh, yeah, not not everybody. So most like me, me for like my reference, I uh, I use it like uh, they have like small teams, so that's it. ஒமிட்டெட் Uh, I don't think it's everything is that it's like, like say, if you like reviewing or something you can like if a member has like missed something like so that you can help them to like say can you like add a video to this so that like this can be 
captured maybe like you can like, kind of like governance thing kind of right 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 thanks aranga thanks so anjana thank you aranga the, and the yeah so this architecturally significant use case the word i said they they used the word architecturally significant requirement so i think these these are these are ways of creating models where probably people practice this but someone picks it up and put a put a nice documentation and uh, put into a model and it's good to know that model exists yeah yeah we've been using this sort of a thing without uh, really knowing the model actually i have a i have a thing against all these models and names because then people people <laughs> start people start using that as gospel without knowing quantity so if you look at the c4 model there are some interesting concepts there if you look at adr interesting concepts there are lots of things so if if there are so many of those my my the way i disagree with that is it's better to have some discipline some documentation over nothing like most of our software is built, built by superheroes they think they will never forget they'll know they'll know all the tech all the decisions and after two months they even i mean you think about it right when ah, no, no 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 i'm not talking about designs i'm just talking about the way about thinking about these things like we we mentioned multiple labels no l0 l1 that yes. model c4 model adr and there yeah. are various things and i don't even want to start talking about uh, stuff like this domain driven design so the the point i was trying to make is when these techniques have names and fancy names and like marketing trademark type names people latch on to those and try to implement it completely yes. like, rather than that you need to what i what i like about that is at least they have some some documentation by by uh, by following it religiously or by by having it because it's a fancy thing then there is uh certain hours certain effort put in to maintain that and you have something that is true not having anything that's true that's true because most of the most of the startups that i work in for reviews and to to look at their problems nothing is documented mm. nothing it's just the code and they even have forgotten how to deploy it and that's why i'm saying it's keep it simple because if if you have to write more than one sentence the reason i like my method more is you think about it even when you are in the middle of a meeting all you have to do is simple set of commands like uh, 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 this do, you can do a redirect on the command line itself to add the append the line to the readme and then git commit minus m and this push that takes all of 20 seconds minus m without a message is actually a bad practice asita by the way not from me i don't know that that m is there that is there i'm saying <laughs> minus m minus m <laughs> updated the readme <laughs> you should never do that but the reason I, i'm saying is this the most of the companies that you mentioned they are probably doing that because of time pressure right not not doing the i think it's a, it's a discipline thing it's a discipline it's it's part of their education not being the the when they learn it they didn't put enough effort to this they only focused on writing loops and the programming construct i'll give you a tip, good example right you you sit down you code something you are middle of a method you go for a for a tea you come back even for that 10 minutes you can't just sit and start typing it takes little bit of time for you to get into the flow and understand what what even you were writing like half 10 minutes ago it's just like it's the that. cpu with the stack right you need to restore the stack after you have tea you need to restore the stack. you need to 
get into that mood again and it's not easy and if you don't have proper comments in your code you have to now look at the loops and the ifs and figure that out and run it and content switching is a really bad thing in no no i think we are talking about two different things so the the right the discipline of writing comments in code i agree with but what i was getting at was the reason these the early stage startups and fast moving companies or these these very time pressure projects don't have design level documentation is because of time pressure so the opening a doc going to the right place drawing an arrow doing this and doing that that might take a few minutes whereas that, that's exactly appendix- i mean yes yes i i think i took a more micro level example but what i'm saying is if you can't keep track of the the coding that you were doing when you take a 10 minutes break think of it taking a break from your design like having the whole design in your head how much things you will miss mm-hmm. how much things you will rethink you know a simple document would uh, save lot of time it's a it's a discipline and it's a it's a thing to start appreciating that you know there are certain things initially we think it's it's a big deal but once you learn it it's actually useful that's like, true that's true like Right? unit testing initially it's a big burden but once you get used to writing unit tests you know how much time you save oh that is a good point you know what because at different when i came in i looked at they write they were writing unit tests for everything and i was asking does this this is like a 1 plus 1 equals 2 kind of scenario do you even need it but the previous architect had set up that practice and that habit so well to this day like clockwork they write unit tests for everything it's all there so nobody in the company yeah, even in, a, even in nice. the even in the middle of like the worst hardest sprint nobody ever says look we don't have time let's go without the unit tests now that's that's what now you are talking it's a practice right once you now for instance before you eat you wash your hands it's a practice mm. when how how hungry you are how fast you want to do it you you wash your hands ah uh, the example i use is this brushing teeth so even on the worst day of your life you are ready to like late to go somewhere or something you always start your day by brushing your teeth and brushing your teeth is not necessary no you can just wash your teeth and go but you do it. <laughs> by the way we are not experts about the dental hygiene <laughs> but yes <laughs> yes not dentists but but that's a good example right yes the, it's a habit right it's a habit it's a habit Okay, I think we are halfway through. Uh, do you want to open up for more questions and then uh, take up the rest? Yes, I think I see Kulendra hovering about. Uh, let us know what you think. No, no, I, I just wanted to say. So after the the uh, the last discussion, I actually spoke to a, a architect to figure out like how exactly do we do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems to be like a hybrid model, like how Hasita explained. uh like i'll do this in a like a very two minute kind of a way so we use confluence to document everything so there are the component design diagrams like the module design diagrams architecture diagrams are everything like the design documentation on confluence and we use that itself like because confluence has this commenting feature and everything so we use that as a design decision log so like you comment like okay this day we had this meeting and here's the output of it and the snapshot updates on the main like the main meeting kind of a thing uh so kind of a uh like a hybrid model but also quite fluid I mean, like it doesn't enforce that you always have to do it 
the the fact that you have to have this like component design document and like the module design document architecture design document they are enforced through like like the uh, the software sdlc practices so like the definition of done actually means that you have gone and updated all of those things uh, what i realized is like after talking with him what i realized is sometimes that not everyone updates the design decisions like how we got here but you of course have the at least the last picture you always have it okay I so the snapshot you have it that's that's yeah. what is it the snapshot part Correct. is covering the 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 log of design decisions may be missing may be missing correct i think that's a very good thing because you know why because you don't have to write the name of the author the date time stamp all that is taken care of the confluence uh, commenting feature uh, correct so i mean it, it was like one of those places where we all decided to move into confluence that became uh, like a reality uh, before that it used to be word documents for everyone right? horrible those yes Yeah. I remember those days. I I used to love Confluence when uh, Cisco started. Uh, that that time it was uh, Leapset. Uh, <clears throat> I convinced my team. Most of the other teams didn't like the idea, but I convinced my team. Let's document what we know, and eventually that turned out to be a, a practice across the org. And when we do uh, when we had to do the due diligence, everything was there. Like we just have to extract things and put things together. Angela, do you mean the due due diligence for the like the liquidity event, like uh, takeover by uh, yes. Cisco, right? Acquisition. All ah, right. Yes, yes. acquisition. That was uh, quite easy, and the onboarding and all that was okay. But uh, getting people to do that, especially engineers who have worked in places where there is very little discipline, they find it difficult. And also, given the the the, the language, the uh, command over language like a national problem that we have people have a you know bit of a shyness to write things you know, they think they'll be judged and they'll be uh, so what i found is i give i what i do is i give them template at least they have a template and mm-hmm. then they come and say you know for me i have this thing to write there's no template i, I was like you know template is just to help you and give you guidelines if there's no template yes we'll help you with that so that's a that's a you know cultural thing here we need to give bit of uh, help on the language uh, because you know english is not the first language you don't know how to write formal documentation in english so if you help the team if you go, get those barriers removed you can get most of the guys to write there will be of course odd odd, odd cases they will not write anything other than code yeah yeah so But i it's top to bottom right as you said your Sorry, sorry. I was saying the CTO setting the example is is the ideal thing. Then yes. simply telling engineers document everything. You should start documenting and sharing, and you know get that going. Yeah, yeah. So Confluence, I have a similar thing. I also started using Confluence at uh, Leapset. I think Anjan, like I told you, it's your documents that I read most of the time, and uh, I eventually. realized i don't like it because i believe in reducing the amount of tools that we use so eventually we move further and further towards documenting things in the readme in the repo itself rather than maintaining separate documents uh, so that's where we are right now and our tool our main tool is uh, g suite so our documents are google docs so it can be easily shared and all 
there are certain amount of yeah, technical yeah. information I mean, google in docs are, google diagrams are really nice no uh, we actually yeah, don't use google diagrams at all what what we really do is inside the document itself we might try a tiny little uh, embedded diagram like three box view ah right okay okay got it got it hey by the way talking of draw.io there is a sri lankan product who was my uh, batchmate a product called creately yes have a look at it it's a product built in sri lanka and uh, at the very early stages in his uh, house when he had the idea we i have had some discussions this is what we should do this is what we should not do and then uh, today a very successful company a product company built the whole product in sri lanka with around 10 15 engineers it's a product have company companies based in australia right yes the story is he went for his mba and uh, he pitched his idea in the university and they got funded they got 50000 uh, australian dollars to build the company so he was in australia at that point while doing his masters and he set up a company in sri lanka and uh, rest is history mm. so last week i spoke to somebody who works there they are front end expertise is pretty good like single page application building all these canvas their yeah, use experience is uh, i mean that's that's world class hmm. better than visio i would say yeah i have given up on visio right now we use uh, in different we use draw.io because a little known fact is that draw.io has a offline app as well so okay. the same web app hey, running another thing yeah Sorry, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, nothing, nothing. It just, it, it just saves it as a, I think it's a JSON or an XML, so we can easily commit that to the repo. Something that competes with Creately, something that I like as uh, uh, maybe a little bit more than Creately, is Whimsical. Have a look at that diagramming tool. Like if you want to draw diagrams to present to clients, investors, have a look at Whimsical, like Musical with a W. uh antena i'm going like while that. you're talking i'm just going to put this down in a document like in a message to you so we want we can do a little oh. thing at the on the forum right so yeah so check out whimsical in that case uh, if you are if you are presenting diagrams to uh, you know people outside of your organization draw.io has a very old ui i'm uh, you know not a fan of it but yes you can it can get the job done check out creately sri lankan product my friends product <laughs> so i'm just saying it's 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 nicely done uh, they are they probably was there for like 10 15 years yeah the they've market. been around for quite a while now hey do you want to take more anjana there's another tool called uh, we use uh, mockups m o q u e s yes that's for the front end sir that's for the front end Yeah, I, but they we can uh, uh, yeah we, I, I I don't think it has uh, capabilities for right uh, like for like full uh, blown uh, software architecture diagrams, but it has some uh, uh, diagram capability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I I used uh, mockups. I think uh, mockups uh, and then now there are tools to do front end. You can you can do the you can do the front end and then you can copy the CSS. it's called uh, figma sketch we use so figma actually tools. yes figma is excellent figma but it's paid right it's paid but the great thing is uh, when the designer does the design the developers can actually copy and paste the css hey by the way we are now going to uh, the graphic design 
which is uh, which, which is okay just just to differentiate between the tech design that we were talking and now we are ah. maybe maybe we, maybe we should not switch gears like last time yes. so in, in, uh, so in, let's uh, open up for more questions on the on the fundamentally documenting your system architecture system design as a as a uh, a design decisions and a snapshot which is a diagram and we'll take uh, we'll talk about those two approaches little bit more so people get their ideas and if someone has a bad experience probably that's something we should talk about yes let us know flow is open uh on the when it comes to uh so i'll, I'll take a, another step which is the the design view of a system the static view i would I, the way i call it and the runtime view how do you document the runtime view if if in case if you have to communicate that design to the uh, to a forum or to your developers um so i don't really see the distinction of a runtime versus static in the l0 and l1 you mentioned so it's i'm talking about further down so if you go further down like a now you have a you have a app which has which is multi threading right so it's not that you you can you can uh, draw a diagram to say this is uh, it, you can say it's it's threaded but how do you visualize that threading uh, the runtime right when you have threads when you have parallel processing how do you communicate across the team like this is how the system would behave this is how the system should work very simple uh, i did this at millennium it too so i was the person who built their very first risk management product it had like three threads and how how i would do is just a bullet point saying uh, uh, messages are received from the input thread and all it does is validate the messages and push it to a internal queue which is shared with the processing thread that that's the sentence and then the next one is the okay, processing okay, thread okay. pulls you you got it so the person reading it can visualize the thing and we don't have to spend time in updating the documents uh, the diagrams just literally the architect internal architecture for me was three bullet points input thread processing oh, thread okay. and the output thread I think that that's the most simplest, simplest way, way uh, to sort of document that, so that uh, whoever going through the design sort of get a hint that this is not just one to one the design. Rather, you have to visualize it in a form uh, when it runs. there are weights there are things that get paralleled and you know the end result of that parallel processing that's mm. that's what you document yeah one more thing on the whole design because we are now at the technical design one is the uh, you need to do small meetings on you know how much ever you document having a meeting explaining that that also helps the other thing i would uh, ask most of the developers most of the teams who are working before they jump into development take like 15 to 20 minutes and present their design and explain their design decisions which is the the log and the snapshot what do you think of that what we call, what we call the design reviews 
what's your thought on that mm, my current thought is this so our cto recently brought a practice from thoughtworks which is uh, rfcs requests for comments so if you have a technical enhancements you want to do to the system you send a pull request with a rec- uh, markdown file explaining here's the proposal and here's the reasons here are the pros and cons uh, like a f- not a huge document like a few sentences explaining that and uh, other people review that pull request and if it goes through we merge it so you have a design as a request upon approval they can go ahead and develop it that we are trying that out it's not pervasively used in the team yet but uh, we are trying it out okay i think that's i haven't used that uh, practice but that's quite similar to how uh, the jsr the java the spec and even uh, for any uh, for uh, for that matter any open source work right people in the industry they first create a spec which which has bit of requirements which which has bit of uh, technical design as to how this should be implemented and then people vote for it and then that's get prioritized and that's how the next version of now if, if you take next version of java jsr defines what's going to be in the next version of java a lot of companies will uh, people who use java would uh, write the jsr and then there's a committee that decides you know the reason why uh, oracle uh, acquired uh, java one reason is they can influence and do a monopoly on the next set of features that they build for the language hmm. which can favor their product suite because most of the java applications at that point their backend was oracle now the oracle roadmap and java roadmap is quite aligned and they have the upper hand and that's why people acquire open source product hmm. otherwise there's no reason to buy a open source product right uh simply to influence it simply to uh, <clears throat> have a monopoly on what features the on the roadmap product right so coming back to the the design decisions bit uh, so you are talking about the discussion bit part right discussing the design yes. even though you write that little decision log um let's see if there's anybody else who wants to people are quieter than usual people are quieter than usual uh, 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 sorry cut him go ahead uh no you have been there before so if you can <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I couldn't take part of the session and uh, and the first half of the session. Uh, probably uh, you might have answered this question. I just uh, probably I'll have to follow up with the recorded session later on. As it turns out, I just wanted to get a view of you um, the design um, uh, approaches that you have proposed uh, uh, discussed here, the uh, design levels and all. Are these uh, going to be different from the uh, especially the UML four plus one? model or is it still aligned to these which is something that i usually encourage teams to follow as well uh, that's a question and in terms of the uh, process that we follow the special uh, i mean the process currently it's mostly in, uh, my organization we don't have uh, very rich set of uh, tools set as of today but we are following it uh, rather using it draw io in terms of producing the uh diagram which is painful as well as uh, 
uh, storing the documents on the computer then again uh, those are the options that we have not that uh, we see many benefits out of any other since we don't have any comparison to do here shabal where do you work if you don't mind yeah i'm actually working at uh, rcr digital as uh, engineer uh, adl oh, okay okay cool yeah 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 your previous boss <laughs> I know, I know. Everybody knows People everybody in this town, for... no? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Eventually, yeah, it's a small country and... <laughs> but, but then again, even though we know everyone, the these, these knowledge doesn't flow very well. Mm. Because the organizations like uh, WSO2, uh, uh, MIT, Virtues are at early stages. Their knowledge of how to build products, how to serve clients, Yes, when employees leave and join other companies that goes in, but I have seen some of the people who have worked have done these practices religiously at new places, got adapted to adapting is good, but you know forgetting some of the criti- uh, important stuff and then running into issues and then those issues come up hmm. later. Oh wait, 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 wait. Shaval was asking about yes. UML. Let's go there first. Yes. Ah, okay. Let's let's uh, let's answer UML. Uh, you wanna you wanna go <laughs> first? I have a I have a strong opinion about it, but. maybe you should go first okay so my uh, my opinion on uml at at the uh, low so the so l0 l1 l2 that i talked about and then there is a model uh, someone pointed out there is a c4 model where the fourth one is the code first first three levels are very similar to the l0 l2 uh, when it comes to visualizing what you try to do i would say that the uh, the developer or the designer has the freedom to do whatever they want you know if if they want to do a uml and if everyone in the team understands uml that's okay i don't i don't have a any i don't have any problem with that as long as the the uml is another language right eventually l is for language as long as that language or the catalog of objects that you use to draw the language is understood by the by the team which is okay uh but if one person is writing uml and another person is writing it in uh, a different format then i see a conflict as long as you can get everyone to a common language common catalog of transferring their th- thought from design to implementation i'm okay with that but the the <coughs> uh, uml comes at a very later stage for me early stages if you take take the l0 and l1 it's more of your experience on how you solve the problem and you need to document that and that part uh, is purely writing i would say you know you write a log you write, you try to draw a diagram with boxes with some description which is more of conveying your thought process hmm. uh, uml comes or, or all these other technologies comes when you are trying to convert a design technical design to code kind of thing hmm. so shall i go now so, yeah. yes <laughs> so i am vehemently vehemently against uml and i'm just saying this as one of the earliest proponents of uml i used to buy the books write all the types of diagrams i was a huge fan um but now i am dead against it because it's it's very easily it, it rots very easily as uh, once you get started with it after a while it just goes out of whack and uh, it's out of date 
you don't keep it updated it's very difficult so i am of the opinion if you want to do code level things you also do it as text if it's an algorithm you just write the pseudocode um so i go with these two levels the the one that you call l0 l1 that is one diagram for me called the high level architecture diagram everything is text in readme files or in code so to answer your question shamal i would personally run away from uml because it just just too much trouble yeah that's probably yeah. i mean uh, this is what i've been uh, told uh, probably in the training uh, which we went through previous back in 2016 as well you had to tone it down a bit where it can be understood by the business people as well whereas uml is going to be a bit tricky uh, that was the reason that has been mentioned at that point but you uh, mentioned uh, that then again i'm just wondering in a complex system how would you ensure that all the implementation align to a specific pattern and is it like as part of the architecture pattern or rather sorry as a high level architecture where you are basically defining what are the patterns or any any other can you put that in an example shamal when you say like conforming to the architecture patterns then i can understand yeah so let's say let's say or let's say like in a provisioning system right uh, maybe if you are developing a provisioning system there are uh, different patterns that you could use uh, maybe a event driven or cycle pattern things like that how would you communicate to the team that uh, they are these are the ones that you, because those you must have thought about at the beginning that these kind of challenges you might need to uh, because for me uh, the high level architecture would be a blueprint we are the low level design that you would do you need to align to the high level architecture and then if you see a challenge that's where you will go and revisit your blueprint right i think shamal we may have discussed this just before you joined what we discussed was like a architecture and design decision log which is nothing more than a series of timed bullet points like on this day we decided to go with like early days we decided to go with an event driven model rather than a stream based model for this reason that's just one sentence so uh, okay like thanks looking uh, into this okay um and just one thought i kind of i've over the years i've uh, i've my, my my thinking has migrated away from visual documentation to textual documentation i still do visual document visual thinking like where you i would draw things in a diagram even like a three three component system i would still draw the boxes but that's for the thinking purposes most of my documentation is in uh, is in text because developers think in text and you may have noticed that over the 20 years past 20 years a lot of people have tried to introduce visual programming tools like flowchart based tools that generate the code nothing has taken hold and i think the reason is that we engineers tend to think in text anyway i think that's a that's a another uh, the topic kind of i think i i kind of disagree on that uh, most of us we we go from box to text sort of a thing you it's easy to draw box and say this is where your data is stored then then uh, description of how the day uh, how how things get persisted in the system but it's a mix and match uh, so coming back to samal's uh, question on how to get a team aligned uh, based on our opinion right you can you know it's always opinion so we think the architectural decisions to be locked 
and then a snapshot, which is a diagram or, or more, more textual descriptions, combination of that. And the other thing I suggest is reviews. You need to have continuous reviews with the developers. You have a, you have a design in your head, put that down and communicate that design before you start development. So when they, when they explain that, you can ask questions and then, you know, you can review it and then agree how it's going to develop. Then having a way, then uh, reviewing the code to figure out that these are uh, design level violations. So having a upfront design review would help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, uh, one sorry, more. sorry. Go ahead, Chama. So probably maybe this could be another discussion we can arrange later on. I'm just thinking the uh, amount of effort that you put in our own projects in uh, in our own organization are far more compared to this uh, uh, project that I have observed in terms of open source. Yes, they are very um, effectively communicating. They are not seeing each other. They don't talk to each other. But the way these amazing, very uh, nice products are being developed, uh, I'm just thinking uh, whether maybe you can have your own perspective. Probably, probably we can have follow-up session where uh, how many, I mean, things that we can uh, take from these uh, type of exercises into our own work as well. Uh, but I, I, I'm saying that uh, we are not that productive compared to these uh, people who are working on these open source tools and the products. So one is open source project, the, the review process, like if you look at how the Linux kernel is built, there's a nice uh, documentary on uh, uh, the Travis, Linux Travis, right? The, the founder. Linus, how, Linus Torvalds. Linus, Linus Torvalds. How, so I keep the Linux and his name mixed up. So uh, <clears throat> how, how, there is a hierarchical way of uh, PRs. So, so you know, Git Git uh, came from Linux. That's how the the kernel was built, and you know they they took Git for other software. So you have the PR. You can commit whatever you want, but there is a review process. Only once things get reviewed and approved, only then only it gets merged. And it gets to merged into a branch, and that branch, someone review it, and then they decide to uh, take it to the main branch, and so on and so forth. In open source world, anyone can go; they can do a pull request and give you a fix, give you a, uh, a feature, but it doesn't go to the production. What we call the process is gatekeeping. They they review and uh, merge it. And then I think he's uh, more talking yeah. about the communication part, not the code change part. Communication, like yeah, the uh, aligning to the, uh, the high-level design and making sure that all are aligned. Uh, basically, productivity is very high in terms of delivering the product by still aligning to a specific, uh, let's say, the architecture or design principles. That's what I'm wondering why, I, I don't know, my own opinion would be uh, basically is that we are not that productive compared to them. Oh, okay. okay. Communication... <laughs> Communication in terms of the overall product design to whoever contributing. Exactly. I mean, in terms of proposing a feature and taking it to the production, getting the product release or the feature release. 
Okay, okay. So the from the little contributions that I have done, when you go, you have a developer guideline. Like if it's uh, most of the Apache software, you you they have a guideline. They have a very simple diagram, and then have a guideline. Uh, and then for you to build a feature, there is a ticket, uh, and they talk about the problem, where to improve, and a lot of information are gathered in that way. Even though the communication doesn't happen in a group setting, like like an online setting where everyone joins a meeting, the ideas and things are a lot of lot of asynchronous information are there for you to uh, look at it and being and also having access to the product. And in general, the the engineers in a open source project is quite senior. Right? It's not like uh, most of the Time, what we have to experience where we have junior developers uh, senior developers and then uh, getting everyone to in line and and in open source world if you if you build and if you give a pull request which is not in line with what they want that will simply not get merged into economics of scales I think like large set of people trying to uh, do and then there is a middle level who's controlling what gets in so this is what we are trying to do at the different. Our repos, if you look at it, the readme looks very much like an open source components repo. The readme contains, here's how you install and run it. Like uh, we want to have like a small description uh, description about where are the files. Some, some repos don't have it yet. And a small developer guide saying, if you want to make a modification, here are some steps. Uh, so that is the model we are following. And even some of the discussions that we have in a previous, uh, Previous uh, episode, we spoke about one decision we made about how to keep uh, how to keep our audit uh, like uh, activity logs. That decision was also taken in a GitHub discussion. Somebody proposed something, I said oh, something, sorry. somebody else proposed something. Even Kasib was in that discussion. I think we did that, and eventually we compared the pros and cons. And when we closed that discussion on uh, GitHub, we had come to the conclusion. So very much like what do you do in a open source project. I personally like that. Asynchronous. Yeah. Okay. That's nice to hear. I think probably others can go ahead so then take it away. Kasib, you've been waiting for a long time. Tell us. Yes. So my question is uh, regarding an organization where they have gone and done implementation up to some extent and it's working all fine, but they have very little or no documentation. And now they're thinking about documenting their architecture, design, decisions and uh, whatever the relevant needed documents. So how should they start and where should they start? Hmm. So I think if they have not documented anything, I think the decisions are lost. The reasons behind the decisions are lost. All you can do is rebuild the snapshot. And uh, re rebuild the snapshot, is it? As in you have the code, right? You have the code and configuration and the data is what you have, no documentation. Um, so you can document the system by reading through the code and those things as the, as the system exists right now. But you won't be able to recover why the previous architects designed the system that way, right? Yes. Yeah, so I, I did something similar. Uh, for a for a startup here, so what I did was I don't know how accurate uh, or how adequate. I started from the business point of view. I started from the problem that we solve, 
the features offered by the product and I created a feature list of the current product which is quite significant to end user and then from there that feature list how those features are implemented so I went from what's been offered from the platform and how, how those are implemented so that's quite similar to the, the snapshot but how I prioritized was I took most of the features the common features the most popular features in this platform and got that as a functional design of the uh, system and how this functional design is implemented in the code level so then uh, uh, architecture merged out architecture came up because it was not an architecture that you create based on how things are done in the system based on how these functions are handled uh, uh, emerging architecture comes up when you try to draw it so ah. that's that's what i did and then there were you know gaps seen and then some of those could be optimized and then i think just i we did something like this similar a while back tell me if this is what you're talking about um, so we had a legacy system like this we had no idea how it was operating so we got on a call we opened the browser opened the developer tools went to the network tab uh, filled out the form and pressed the submit button we immediately saw where in the system it's going uh, like the the url and the the post request we went to the back end then found the express route from there on we traced through the code found out where it's going into the database and into a queue uh, we found out uh, it's where it, this is where the queue is then we found where the queue is being consumed we looked at that and we traced the request all the way back to the front end is that well i think that's a very yes how i did was i uh, uh, i got into the source code with the knowing the functionalities then i ran lot of grep commands to figure out where these keywords are in the controllers that was a php application mm -hmm. so i built a graph using basic grep commands based on the keywords based on how the controllers are decided and then i got a list of all the controllers into excel sheet and then the type of functionalities the keywords that's been handled in that so i was able to build a <coughs> what you call like a traceability where are these functionalities implemented in which controller which model by running uh, text search which you can do it with the command line level with grep mm. uh, then dynamically tracing i trace based on the keywords because most of the the functionalities were mapped into those controllers and the keywords yes but it's which similar to uh, reverse engineering without a software but start starts with the critical functions like you know uh, what are the major things people are trying to do with the system i usually start with login basic. okay <laughs> most critical <laughs> function because you can only have one defect and the system can be completely useless if the login doesn't work yeah uh, so that brings to the question that we can't start uh, the diagram with l0 so we will have to come a step down you uh, have to come a step down and then go to l0 later actually can't you because l0 at least in the world that i am in you can build the l0 by simply looking at the repositories you have and uh, your deployment the aws or whatever but that is if you have the big picture first right now the, now here the context is you don't have the big big picture first so you start with a picture that you see then abstract the big picture 
but you know no like let's say you have very uh, simply three Asita, i was uh, assuming what anjana was saying so uh. we don't know the big picture ha uh, right 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 got it so got for it. instance you don't know whether your system has a cache or not so you don't you don't know whether your system has a api or not something like that that i was thinking in that those lines yes but can't you do that like let's say you you look at the repo and then you also look at the deployment pipeline with jenkins or whatever and then you look at your provisioning the hardware provisioning based on that you know okay this component is built i think you here. need to see some of the old code bases yeah <laughs> you sometimes when you look at it you have no clue what they are doing right 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 so i think i think uh, <laughs> we have the benefit of like starting fresh so everything is built very nicely so all the yeah, newer so patterns are used first 10 years of my career uh switching from client to client at virtusa i have seen code bases where even the team doesn't know how to edit it <laughs> they only know this runs and this will do a to a you know that's why it is there and then may now i think our time is running out but there's one last oh, person yeah, yeah, left yeah so i think he was on a lag anyway um shall we wrap up then let's do it all right uh then we will catch you again on thursday this thursday's topic is already up have a look <laughs>